Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are locked on Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Mavericks podcast. My name is Mike Marshall, uh, one of your co-hosts. You can follow me at Machine Sports. You can follow the show at Locked On Mavs if you'd like. Uh, we'll tweet you whenever there's a new episode out. Uh, the other guy that'll be joining me is uh, named Jake Kemp. He works at the Ticket in Dallas. He hosts a show on Sundays called uh, The Shake Joint. And he's also on uh, every single day, noon to 3 on Bad Radio, if you want to check that out. Um, a fantastic radio program. In fact, they were awarded a Marconi simply for their effort, efforts. Uh, Jacob, how you doing, bro? Doing well. Still not wearing a shirt, Mike. Excellent. Two days in a row, no shirt. That's right. What a <laughs> shock. <laughs> uh, his Twitter handle is at NotJackKimp, um, if you want to play along that way. Uh, this is the episode for Friday, September 23rd. Um, thank you for listening to the uh, Lockdown Mavericks podcast. If you feel inclined, maybe go subscribe. Uh, give us a review if you don't mind at all. Uh, we're a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's uh, your favorite teams, and it's every single day. It's a, a little segment for you to enjoy, get up to speed uh, before the season starts is what we're doing right now. Um, next Monday will be media day. So we'll have a bunch of fun stuff coming out of that. Uh, preseason starts October 1st in New Orleans. Regular season will be October 26th at Indiana. Uh, if you want to submit some questions for our Monday episode, uh, you can at LockedOnMavs on Twitter or LockedOnMavs at gmail.com because we will be at Media Day and we'll be busy. So we'll answer some questions, touch on some interesting topics, um, more national scope stuff like uh, win over-unders and a bunch of junk, junk like that. But this is the fifth day of this week, so we're going to do the position that uh, is signified by the number five, and that would be the center position. And uh, it's quite different. Uh, 40% of the Mavericks starting lineup changes every year. This season, this was one of that 40%, as we just decided that, rightfully so, that Zaza Pachulia, uh, we just could not stand for this, <laughs> this any longer. And as fun as it was for Zaza to almost be averaging a double-double with, uh, you know, 30-something minutes last year, that this just ain't going to work. Don't forget um, Wyclef. Yeah, Wyclef making it a, uh, <laughs> was it Get Zaza to the All-Star Game song? Yeah. Uh, and it that was really was, more of like a 30-second Twitter video, but don't worry. Yeah, about it was that. a Vine. It yeah. was a Vine. Uh, very Real basic bars on that, by the way. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what the backstory was with that. They knew... Um, they don't knew sp- the same the same foreign artist. Don't spend too much time thinking about it. 
<laughs> That's all I ever think about. <laughs> it keeps me up at night. Why is Wyclef singing about yeah. Zaza? But anyway, he was he was a swell guy. He was a uh, real sweet bro. Um, but his time here is over, and uh, I'm just giddy about it being over <laughs> because it was suffocating last year to uh, to watch a center that uh, does not threaten you in any way in the pick and roll and doesn't do enough defensively and on the boards and uh, when he does get the ball under the basket to make you pay for it. Thus enters Andrew Bogut, who was um, just kind of a throw-in uh, trade part of uh, Kevin Durant signing with the uh, Warriors. Uh, we signed Harrison Barnes straight out, max contract, but then we just shipped, I think, a second-round pick for Andrew Bogut, one of – the elite defensive uh, rim protectors in the league. And on certain um, calendar years, he might be the best defensive player in basketball. So those are the positives. Um, I guess the negatives is obviously the minutes thing. He took a big hit in minutes last year, dropping basically uh, three minutes a game. So you just wonder what you, what you want to get out of him. But I don't know. For me personally, seeing a legit rim protector and uh, just – a defensive enigma that Andrew Bogut has become over the years. I can't wait to see a legit center play for the Mavericks. Yeah, if he's playing, then yeah. I'm 100% on board with that idea. I wish that we could get the combo. I mean, you don't need to completely sleep on what Tyson was when he was here because he fell off. True. And I mean the second time because he fell off towards the end of it. And I think it's, you know, we've kind of seen what he has left a little bit in Phoenix. But, um, you know. He was pretty good, even the second time. And I would say that that's roughly what you could expect from Bogut this time. Mm-hmm. It's just in a little bit different way offensively. Sure, he's not. He's still. He's not going to roll. We yeah. we just we don't have that part. They wanted mm-hmm. it bad with Whiteside because if there's two things he does, it's protect the rim and roll to the rim. But Bogut yep. at least does one part of it which is better than what Zaza could do, you know, especially as the year wore on last year. So, again, when it comes to Kevin Durant and the dominoes that fell and all fell towards the AAC after he decided to make the move that he ma- uh, he made, this one I, I feel like for this year, not long term, but for this year is just as important as Harrison Barnes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I completely agree. Like, I almost like this for uh, the 2016-17 season more. Um, I mean, Harrison Barnes is going to accumulate more points, maybe more rebounds on the whole, um, and just be, you know, his face is going to be on the tickets and stuff like that. But for the 16-17 season, I think Bogut is just as important uh, as Harrison Barnes. Um, So we do talk a lot about his, like, you know, his minutes restrictions. Um, He gets hurt in the playoffs, (laughs) which is just kind of a thing. Uh, When J.R. Smith tries to – go Latimer from program on him uh he will he will shred a knee on you <laughs> yeah um but I think he's gonna be fully healthy he played in the Olympics for uh Australia who had a really good team um over the last three years he started 65 plus games every year and I, that's not that like that's not an insane uh low number like that's pretty average um to miss you know 15 games a year for a dude um you know, approaching 32. It'll be 32 by the start of the season. It's um, an old 32. Um, as no far doubt. As just games played. But no doubt. 
It's pretty no impressive to still be in your to be in your thirteenth, fourteenth. That's probably thirteenth, right? Something along those uh, lines. Let's see. He's been in, started at age twenty one, so this will be. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's not quite as bad as I thought. It's his twelfth year. Yeah, twelfth year. Twelfth year. year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is an old uh, thirty one, thirty two, but I mean, for if you have the right expectations for him in terms of minutes and games played. I feel like he's exceptionally consistent in that. Um, I guess the trick is figuring out what stretches of games uh, you want to use him in. Yeah. In terms of, like, <laughs> I mean, obviously he's probably going to be, you know, that uh, no back-to-back guy. Um, but I'm, I'm talking about, like, in the flow of a game. Does he come out when Dirk comes out at the seven-minute mark? Does he stay until the five-minute mark, five- or four-minute mark? Like, what is going to be the best, like, lineup to put around Andrew Bogut? And uh, one of the sneaky things that I'm really surprised about uh, that we haven't really had, like Tyson Chandler was, you know, just phenomenal. He's really good at basketball. Like <laughs> that might be <laughs> that might be something that you haven't noticed. Um, he can he can roll on a pick and roll. He can rebound exceptionally well. Um, that second half of that final season here, I think we got a we overcorrected and thought too little of him because he was injured. But one of the things Tyson Chandler did that was really, really awesome was set deadly screens. Um, like, he's really great at it. You know who's yeah. really great at it as well? Andrew Bogut. And you might say that they are uh, they're dirty, but if they ain't called, like, I don't care. Uh, and he has a nose for that, man. He'll stick his body in there and set a, a just devastating screen along the perimeter. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, the issue with that is going to be the other side of it the ball handler and their ability to work around the screen and to pocket pass out of the screen it's not going to be the screens that are being set i'm quite mm-hmm. certain of that it's he'll be fine on that front and i think salah is fine on that front for the most part but yeah bogut understands angles which is a supreme lunch paling statement but he's <laughs> he's always just been able to sort of use his body in a way that walls off the defender and uh gives the ball handler the most space to work with but can he finish quite like he used to? Probably not, but I think it'll still be better than – actually, I know it'll still be better than Zaza. It has to be, man. Yeah. Like, there's no center in the league that finishes as poorly around the rim as Zaza. Like, we talked about it, uh, you know, maybe the second or third episode. Um, the numbers kind of come out in the wash, and Zaza even scores more points uh, per game, but he's getting, you know, eight to ten more minutes a game. Um, and the only way he was lapping Bogut – and like an offensive efficiency type of way, it was because Zaza got to the line. Like he would make you foul him. Bogut, like if he can't dunk it, he's not going to do anything else with it. Like he's going to get rid of that rock pretty quickly. And I guess whenever we talk about the screen setting and uh, what kind of effect that can have, I wonder last year if the offense looked so stagnant and if it was so clunky at times, uh, and such bad shots were being forced up um, in certain stretches of games. Was that because the screen setting and the motion that was being created was so bad? Or are these players just genuinely not that good at, uh, at creating open space and creating their own shot? It's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that's probably – that's where I'll settle. I mean, I, I – depends on they've got guys who can do it and they've got guys who absolutely can't and they added another guy this offseason that absolutely can't so 
I guess if you're going to try to work with guys like Wes and Barnes who don't really work around screens all that well, you might as well give them the best possible screens to try to work with if we're going to try to spin it positive. I mean, if you can't work around bogus screens and find space and find an open man, you can't do it. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a great point. Like, if you can't can't work with a bogus – uh, a legal moving screen, then I don't know which ones you're going to get. Open I mean, hell, with. they would do it with they would do a four five pick and roll with with Draymond, and Draymond mm-hmm. was able to figure out a way to uh, to you know find space. Not a guy who's known as a ball handler, maybe for a big, but that's not normal. Yeah. And he was able to do it. So if yeah. Harrison Barnes and Wes Matthews can't figure it out, that's on him, not Andrew Bogut. Yeah. Um, that just brought something up pretty interesting to me, and we'll probably save it for another time, but just how they use Draymond in uh, Golden State, I wonder if that's only specific, only works because that specific situation um, where you have two of the best shooters that have ever li- lived on a team. I'm just wondering if we could use Harrison Barnes more like they, they use Draymond and specifically stand him at the top of the key. Um, and he's not the same passer as Draymond, but we'll save that for another time. I guess we can uh, – some of the fun stats with Bogut before we move on to Salah. Um, less than six feet from the basket on uh, on shots that he defended. The league average is 60%. So if you're less than six feet from the basket, you're going to finish that at a 60% rate. Bogut only allows 50%. That is 10% better than league average close to the basket. Um, I just – I think it's going to be weird watching him and seeing a center that has that much defensive polish. Yeah. Because even even Tyson – Tyson the second time, he wasn't quite the shot blocker and he wasn't quite the wall. Um, And I don't know, you know, what Bogut's going to be, but – Last year kind of traumatized me, <laughs> just having nobody that could dive to the basket, um, and none of these dudes necessarily can except for maybe Salah, um, and just nobody that would literally just create a wall and stick their nose in there. But uh, I guess we can move on to Salah Mejri, the 30-year-old rookie last year, <laughs> um, and our expectations for him, he played in 34 games, had to start start a couple of them, uh, six to be exact. Had some fun blocks on uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook in one of those games. Um, everyone looks at, you know, he's 30, he's a rookie, laugh out loud, whatever, um, make fun of him type stuff. And, you know, he is a pet of Mark Cuban. Um, he had a big hand in, <laughs> you know, getting Salah here. And uh, picking picking him out, which I still need to probably get the story of the complete story, but I think he can bring a lot, and I don't want to overstate it and say like he needs to be the starting center or something like that. But I think Salah Mejri can be a, a definite plus against other teams' second units. Oh, I man, I don't know. I want, I feel like I'm going to sound like such a homer, but I think he can be. I think he can be one of the better uh, backup centers in the league. Yeah, I really I do. Mean, there I aren't mean, that many good ones. Yeah, there's like you know there might be a class of five to ten of them, or maybe probably more like five that could start on another team. But on oh, that second list, man, there's just not a ton of dudes that I think that are definitely better than he is. I mean, 
Let's see. Uh, a guy like Cole Aldridge, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who ended up having to start a, la- a lot last year because, um, you know, whether they were playing DeAndre and, like, when Blake was missing minutes and they just their lineup got weird. Uh, I are you sh- are you certain that Salah can't be as good as Cole Aldrich? Uh, no. What about Boban? Are you certain right. he can't be as good as Boban? What about uh, someone like, uh, I don't know, let's say what Amari gave Miami last year or yep. what Dwayne Dedman gave Orlando. Like, mm-hmm. those are dudes that I think he can be better than. Like, I think he can be as good as a guy like Nurkic. Yeah. Like, just go in, bruise, uh, be energy guy, be able to finish at the rim. You're going to get out of place on defense. But there's no reason to me that he can't be as good as Costa Kufas. Yeah, and people overlook um, what he actually brings on a night-to-night basis because there's no upside there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't you can't extrapolate it forward and go, oh well, in two years he might be this. Uh, when he learn, learns a post move, like he might be this. Like he is what he is. I think he has a little bit of um, you know uh, growth still in there. Just obviously being in the NBA being with an organization that's going to take care of you and is dedicated to winning versus playing overseas um, is quite different. And I think there's a little bit um, underneath the surface that hasn't been scratched. I mean, he only played 34 games and, you know, 12 minutes per game in those in those games he saw action. So I think there's a little bit of skill set to be scratched there. But, dude, look at his, like, peripheral numbers, like 17% rebound percentage. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, if you get to close to 20, like – that's that's elite territory, and 17's perfect. Um, the way he finished on pick and rolls um, was awesome. His rim protection was great. I think I think he can wear out like some other second unit centers um, on certain nights because so many teams don't have a legit second center. They have a four that they throw in there to uh, basically to to just scrub up minutes. Um, against another team's five. So, like with most of these dudes, whether it's Seth, whether it's Barnes, whether it's uh, you know, Anderson. I guess I guess a little bit Anderson. You're taking small sample sizes and glimpses mm-hmm. and hoping that they can play, you know, twenty to thirty percent bigger roles and maintain their production. And I don't I don't think that's crazy on Salah at all. I mean, you're not yep. going to ask him to do a ton, like you said. He's going to be playing against most of the guys I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. No, if he gets matched up in one of the circumstances where, you know, Sacramento is playing Willie Cauley-Stein as a backup five, he's going to get destroyed. Yeah, that's going to be of times, a real problem. But a lot of times if a team has a backup five that that's good, they're just playing him at the four or playing two fives in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, should he be able to hang with Mozgov? I think he should. Yeah, I mean, Mozgov's somewhere around legit, there. But I don't think he should be – I don't think he should just be completely outclassed by a guy like that. So to me, um, you know, it's not crazy to expect, you know, 15 to 20 out of him as well. Yeah, and, I mean, it's going to take that. Because in in relation to Bogut, say Bogut gets back up to 24 minutes a night. (laughs) Okay, there's still 24 minutes out there. Yeah. Um, Like, okay, you throw Salah in there for 15, um, you're up around 39. There's still nine minutes that somebody has to play center. Yeah. and you know that might be Dirk for those stretches. It might be, um, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Pal, exactly. There might be um, some minutes there that are undercounted for, um, and the only answer is going to be Salah. 
And man, I think I think 15 minutes a night is probably a good estimate for him. And I think you're gonna like overall what you get from him. Like he never does anything particularly dumb. Um, I guess my one giant critique of him is sometimes he would get the ball when it wasn't just straight a rim run, and uh, he'd bring the ball down, and he would just you know that's just basic stuff that you can't do in the NBA. Once you if you're a seven footer that's good at finishing, you can't bring the ball uh, below your chest, and he would get swiped quite a bit or get it deflected on the way up and just kind of look like a like a doofus. But those other minutes, those other say nine minutes in our formula, and I'm probably going to go through here before our Monday show and just put an expectation for usage rate uh, for the starting five and then an expectation for usage rate for the second unit because things are like about to shift really hard (laughs) because Bogut has a usage rate like around 11 Um, and I think Zaza was like 20 so your formula is about to get shifted quite a bit Um, but there's some minutes up for grabs and I don't really think A.J. Hammonds gets them. Um, uh, people on the outside, from the national perspective, whenever I did the fantasy show last week, you know, he was really excited about the potential of A.J. Hammonds, and I was like, man, they're already kind of fed up with him. Um, just hearing, you know, through the grapevine from people that people that know people that know people um, from Summer League, they weren't very impressed. They didn't like his attitude. They didn't like his, you know, lack of hustle. And all that stuff can probably get fixed whenever you're around Rick Carlisle as compared to a summer league coach. But I don't have any expectation for A.J. Hammonds. Not this year. I mean, yeah, for maybe sure it'll not take a minute to get it. I mean, he's not young at all. No. Like, right, he's a 24-year-old yep. rookie who uh, I guess he just turned 24, but still, that's pretty old. And mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's you're hoping that with a guy like this being around their culture can help but I have very little hope for him but he was pretty effective in college yeah man he was fine like you see you see why he got drafted for sure Um, you see why he was worthy of a pick I just don't know if in this situation where you have to learn or you have to earn like um, you know whatever uh sonic coin or something before uh you you get you get you get carlisle you get carlisle Carlisle credits before you can play i don't know if he'll ever (laughs) reach whatever magical uh plateau that is of carlisle credits to actually get in a game yeah uh it's probably gonna take a massive injury (laughs) right he was a second round pick not a first he has a bad attitude not a justin anderson attitude and mm-hmm. he's playing a position where they have a veteran and a guy who's already pretty good uh, as a backup in Salah in front of him. So, yeah, I don't have high hopes for this year, but, you know, maybe next yeah. year. I mean, nights when Bogut just doesn't play right? Um, and Salah is starting, I'm sure Powell will be the backup five or even AC will be the backup five, and then maybe five minutes for A.J. Hammonds. Yeah. You know, and that's best-case scenario. And then uh, we can't do a center preview without me challenging Satnam Singh to a one-on-one basketball duel. Um, anytime, anywhere, I just want a regulation rim and a, uh, a properly PSI'd basketball, and I will, I will beat you, Satnam Singh. I don't, even, I don't know, man. I don't I, know. You haven't seen me hoop in a while. 
I mean, if it's make it, take it, and you can just, like, he checks you the ball and you can pull up mm-hmm. and you hit. If you hit the first one, I think you might be able to keep the ball away from him. Yeah. But if you don't hit that, that first one, you're never going to get a, a rebound. Whether it's his miss or your miss, you're never going to be able to get a rebound off of him. I mean, I mean it's one-on-one. If he misses to the long side of the basket. Um, he's not going to be taking jump shots, though. Like, he's going to be trying to think- lay it in, and you're going to be – he's going to – dude, I mean – he thinks he can shoot. It's 14 inches you're giving up. That's not that much. <laughs> I mean, it would be like if you were playing a really skilled dude who was five feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> well, that's what you'd be giving up, right? No, or 5'2". Five 5'2"? Two. Five right? two. I think I'm doing the math wrong. You're about 6'4". So yeah. 8 plus, he's about 7'2". You're giving up about 10 inches. So it'd be, uh-huh. no, it'd be more like you playing a dude who was about five, 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 six. Okay, like, but he's pretty if he's, skilled. If he's savvy and he knows how to use it, then that's fine. And if he's basically as strong as me, that's the that's the problem. Like, I don't think that guy, <laughs> like, yeah, he's been training and stuff. But man, I'm mm, telling you, I would he? not, I would, I would not, I would not lose by that much. If I would lose at all, There's, you catch. <laughs> You catch me on a good day. There's got to be a way to set this up for charity. There has to be, man. But it would have to be for homeless people so that they get the money if you lose. So it really just grinds your gears. Well, if I don't want to give it to homeless because Sotnam will be homeless in like a year whenever he gets wow. cut. So. Wow. All right. <laughs> Edit that out. There's no way Mark will ever let him be homeless, and you know that. That, mo- that movie's, movie's going to make too much money. <laughs> that movie's gonna be in the in the negative. Like they're gonna spend two mil on it. Straight to VHS. Gonna, yeah, yeah. Straight to mini. Straight to mini disc. Oh uh, no! Straight yeah. to laser disc. <laughs> yeah, but if anybody's listening that can set up a one-on-one game for charity between me and Satnam Singh, I am all in. You can come see about me at Samuel Grand Rec Center. Oh no! Every morning, every morning, eleven a.m. Holler. Right. You need to hit stop. <laughs> All right, man. There's our center preview. We'll see you uh, Monday in a recorded form because we'll be at Media Day. There you go. All right. Thank you, Jake. See you, man. All right, guys. Subscribe or uh, give us a review, and we'd appreciate that. And check out the other stuff on Locked On Podcast Network. All right. Bye.